dedicated to each and every one of you who appreciate a great glass of wine. You know what I mean? It's Monday. Let's raise a glass to the beginning of another week. It's time to unscrew, uncork, or savor a bottle. And let's begin exploring the wine glass. On today's episode, I sit down with Sophia Riviere, a Tours Director of Wine Production. Sophia oversees all vineyard and cellar operations for the winery located in Mendocino County. I was provided a sample of their Chardonnay, and when I was looking into the winery, I read about a specific way they make some of their wines called Puro Vino. I was intrigued and reached out to see if Sophia would come on and explain the concept. We had some geeky moments, so enjoy. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. Did you know you can do it right now? Literally, while you're listening, new ratings and reviews are how the algorithms decide which podcast they recommend to others. And if you love the podcast, the odds are other wine lovers will too. So don't forget to also add your email address to our newsletter list on the website at exploringthewineglass.com to keep up on all things exploring the wine glass. Slancha. Hey everybody, I'm Lori Budd, a UC Davis winemaking program, Spanish wine scholar, Somme service, champagne and Côte d'Iron specialist, and a WSET Level 2 graduate. You can find Exploring the Wine Glass on all the socials, as well as your favorite podcast catchers. If you haven't subscribed yet, now's the perfect time to swipe, subscribe, rate, and review. Stay in the know about all things wine by visiting my website, exploringthewineglass.com. I promise I'll never tell you what to drink, but I'll always share what's in my glass. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Allure of the Poor, sponsored by Dracita Wines. I am so excited today because I love when something happens and then it turns into a learning moment and then you go to dive deep into finding out something new. And that is exactly what this podcast is about today. So about a month ago, I received a sample of Chardonnay from Ettore, which I'm hoping I say that right, (laughs) Um, in Mendocino County. And they do this really cool process that I had never heard of before. So that has led us to today and my guest, Sophia Revere, Revere, to uh, talk about the Puro Vito system and how this is so involved in their wine making process. So welcome, Sophia. Thank you very much, Lori. Hi, everybody. So before we get into that system, um, let's just talk a little bit about you and the winery and everything. So how did you uh, come into the wine world? I I pretty much think you grew up in it. I was reading your bio, but it seems like you kind of grew up into it. Yes, I am originally from Argentina. I grew up there. Uh, my my family um, is originally from Switzerland, from the French speaking part. Uh, my grandfather moved to Argentina um, and he started making wine there. So we we own a winery and vineyards. My dad is actually is taking care of that. And then I well I study agronomy, uh, agriculture in Argentina and Mendoza uh, wine region, and uh, then it's very focused in wine and viticulture in general. So and then I moved to Switzerland. And there I did a master's degree in viticulture and enology. And, um, 
And then I met Ettore. Um, I finished my, my studies and he was looking for somebody to start making wine in California. And he was very excited. He told me, I want to make wine in California. The grapes are great. We found a, we love the vineyard that we have there. So I would like you to go there, visit. And, and this is what I did. I came here and I fell in love with the region. Uh, people here, very nice too. So, and it was like a very interesting project, you know, start making our own wine here. So since 2018, we have been making wine together. The winery is a small winery. Um, it was new, uh, built in 2018, and uh, we we have 35 acres of organic vineyard. Also, the winery is certified organic, and uh, we have been making uh, this wine since then. That must have been, I mean, I give people who do that so much credit. It's got to be kind of a scary, even though exciting, but scary thing to just pick up and leave your country. Like, you know, like it's what it's scary enough to go to another state for us, you know, but to go way across to another country that 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 must have been exciting, but scary. Yeah, exactly. It was like um, first the first the big change for me was to go to Switzerland. And, um, you know, after being so many years in Argentina, even if I had a family there, it was a whole change and start again um, school and then work there. So it was. It was challenging, and then I—I I don't know. I think I, I there was something special here because I didn't think it too much at that time. I say, okay, I'm jumping it, and also, yeah, I think it—it it is scary in some way because it's everything you start. You have to start from zero, you know, and you don't know people. Language was a very very at that time, you know, pronunciation. Uh, also, to understand how. Well, every time that you're going to a new place, viticulture-wise, is 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 challenging because you have to understand what you have, what are the potentials of the soils or or the microclimate, um, and also start from zero with a new group. The winery was pretty new, so it was also to test all the machines, um, work together as a team. You know, at today um, the guys here, me, you know, and so, but it just. It was just great. I mean, it's so far so good. It's been very exciting, but it's, it, it was scary in some way also because you you ask yourself a lot of questions. This is the right way we can do better. And of course, every year you improve something um, and you have the, um, some, the variable of weather that you cannot control. So every, <laughs> every, every year is something new. It's like the fires, um, the drought. So but yeah, we have, we have been surviving very well here. That's fantastic. And now for my listeners that may not know where Mendocino County is. So can you tell us like where it's located? How big is it? So Mendocino County is like two hours um, north from San Francisco. So you have Napa as a one region, Sonoma and then Mendocino. Um, Mendocino is known now for also we have um, a lot of people making organic. um, They're focusing on organic production. Um, and yeah, there's a, there's a lot to discover here. Um, it's, uh, it's quite different from Napa and Sonoma, uh, and it's more rustic, uh, and there's a lot to, to discover here. That's why I like it so much that the area is like a little bit unknown and there's a lot to develop and that's, there's already a lot of people making wine here for, they have been making wine for years, but, um, I guess like people are where I mean tourism was more focused in in Napa and Sonoma. Now they're just starting to come over here. 
And like, what is your climate in Mendocino County? Oh, yeah. So and during the summers, it's, depending uh, on the day, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, the summers are very hot, usually. And um, we have, um, you, well, here we have like a special situation at the vineyard. We are close to Duncan Peak. Uh, Duncan Peak has, um, brings the, um, the humidity during the night. Um, and so we have during, during the summer, we have hot days and then the nights are, are cooling down. Uh, so I think that that makes something special for our cab. Um, um, what else I can say? Well, we have the, the rain. It's pretty much it's sim- it's similar to Napa. There are not so big difference. Maybe it's uh, hotter in this area than over there. But well, Napa, you have different values. So. You, you produce qu- uh, quite a bit of varieties. You have, I tasted the Chardonnay, uh, the, the pure Chardonnay. You do a Merlot. You do a cab um, and uh, a rosso. What what is in the rosso? So the rosso is um it's a blend of cabernet, merlot, and petit verdot. Um, oh okay. Yeah. So in, in the chardonnays we have we offer three different products. So we have uh, the chardonnay reserve that is a oak chardonnay, and then we do two stainless steel um, chardonnay. That one is uh, made with the um, technique that you mentioned, the Provino method. Uh, and then in the rest, we have the Cabernet Signature and the Rosso that is um, uh, a blend. And then the Merlot that is also made with the technique of Puravino uh, method. And so inside Mendocino County, there's like 10 AVAs, which I had no clue there were 10 AVAs in Mendocino County. I was like, wow, you know, that I didn't, I guess I didn't realize how big it is, or maybe it's just smaller AVAs. Like how large is, when you take all those AVAs and put them together, how large is Mendocino County? Yeah. No, it's like, um, uh, if you want to go, we're in Sonoma in 30, in 30 minutes. So uh, then we are like, uh, in, well, we are at in Hopland. You drive and we are not far. And we're like one hour and a half from um, from Anderson Valley. That's one of the- Oh, right, okay. Areas. Anderson Valley has a really good Pinot Noirs. I mean, this 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 area is famous. But we're we're like, yeah, we, if we take the Mountain um, Top Road and one twenty eight, we arrive to to uh, Boomville, and that area is uh, Anderson Valley. That's one of the the regions of uh, known by by wine. Okay, so it's there's a lot there's ten like sub AVA there's AVAs within there, but they're not large large AVAs. No, no, they're no, all... they're not they're not huge. Um, they're small. Um, they are not super large. I probably Anderson Valley is one of the largest. And which where are you, where is Ettore, um located? Ettore is, is located in Hopland. So Hopland to give you an idea is between Ukiah and um, and. Geyserville, that well, Geyserville is already, um, it's already Sonoma. So right. before we have um, Hopland, and the next uh, village is uh, Cloverdale. There also they make wine too. Um, then you have Geyserville, Hillsborough, okay. but that part is Sonoma. So we are um, Hopland is is on the one twenty. It's on one hundred one, and then the next uh, village is Ukiah. And now, so you had mentioned that you have a degree in agriculture engineering. Yep. So what does that in what does that entail? Um, 
So it, it's really useful, in fact, in the agriculture engineer in, in Mendoza, you see many things. You see um, food production, you see animal production. But since I was in Mendoza, it was uh, mostly focusing, I mean, it was really focused on, on vineyard and, um, I mean, viticulture and enology. So we, we could um, start working already as an enologist in, in Mendoza. And being an engineer, basically, you just learn how to solve problems in all the, the areas. So if you're uh, with animal production, with uh, viticulture and analogy, you're just, um, uh, the logic goes to um, solving problems. So um, here I can apply it a lot because uh, since it's a small facility, small vineyard and winery, um, I work in, in both areas. So. We'll have like now we're seeding um, a cover crop before the rain, okay. uh, preparing the soil. Um, and so uh, before that, we were fertilizing. Um, at the same time, we're at the winery. Uh, we today were pressing. So uh, the engineer, you you apply all every day because you, you have knowledge about um, how we make the wine and also how to manage the vineyard. But also we study like um, all the products that you can apply if you if you have any pest or any any disease. Yeah. Um, you study the soil, of course. Then you can be more specific. So in Switzerland, doing the master degree allows me to go into more more into details in certain things. But agri agriculture was um, pretty um, pretty intensive in that in that regard. You know, you can you see all the processing also very in detail. Um, in the winemaking, uh, the whole technique. Then, of course, in Switzerland, I was more um, focusing the Swiss viticulture and the techniques that they use over there and, this, and the great varieties that they have. Uh, the same here. When I came here, I was um, also working with um, Jim Milan, another winemaker, and I could learn uh, the techniques here and also what the, the taste of uh, the wines that they like. Of course, uh, different customers, different groups. Um, all the, yeah, the winemaking styles, um, like the Oak Chardonnay. Um, so you, if you, if you go out, um, and, and you start traveling, you, that I know that you have already, but, um, you can see different styles and, and different tasting people. So they don't like the same. Mm -hmm. And so that's the interesting part for me, you know, it was like, uh, after learning agriculture engineer and, and have this big. A backpack of tools uh, start applying it but also adding new things like uh, the culture of the people the taste also what they eat so um, in agriculture engineer also it has a lot of uh, practice so we were also like uh, for example going and pruning outside uh, it was not only theory it has a lot of um, things in hand Hands so you go and, and, and do that and it gives you a big overview about many things about agriculture in general. So that allows you to move easily, you know, when you, maybe you don't have all the answers, of course, but you you know how to get it. That's for me, like the, the big thing with, our, with agriculture, like the engineer is like, they give you the, the tools to go and get your answers. I, I remember I was in high school and uh, my science teacher said that there's 
two, there's two types of knowledge, knowledge, you know, and then knowledge, you know, how to get the answer to, you know, and there, you know, it's good to know things, but it's actually really more important to know how to get to the answer that you need to get to. So, yeah, yeah, really, really true. Yeah. yeah, I know. Also the knowledge that you just get by experience, that's, that's very important. I, I really enjoy working here with the people because they, they have a know-how from years and uh, that's something that uh, at school or well, it's, it's not easy to get. It's like you have to spend time with people and then share with them. And that that's, I think it's great. Right. Absolutely. And now, so let's talk about the winery itself. So tell us about Ettore's uh, story. You know, um, we talk, you know, tell us how the name got started. Um, and, you know, what was your first what was your first wine, you know, the case production, things like that? Okay, so um, the story started, like, I think in 2015 when he came the first time here and he looked at the place and he, he just started dreaming with it, just saying, I would like to make wine here. Um, and 2018, it just materialized, you know, building the winery. Um, and uh, he, he had to put a group together to start making the wine. Um, so the idea was to make wine with California grapes, but have an, an Italian touch, an European touch. Mm -hmm. um, we wanted to make uh, something um, very specific, like and the reds we wanted, uh, reds are like not overstructured um, or too heavy. I wanted to make reds are drinkable that you open a bottle and you want to keep drinking. It's not heavy, you know, it's like, um, it's not sweet in structure. Uh, when it's something like with high acidity, um, elegant, and that's what we have been looking for. Uh, of course, every year we learn new things. So um, also working at the vineyard, understanding better the, the behavior of the plant, um, the weather condition. So every year have been like um, like open book to 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 learn about it. So after um, we met in Switzerland, and I came, I moved here. And we started to make wine together with a, a group of small group of people that was um, helping us to to make it happen. Everything we handpick, the vineyard certified organic by CCOF. So every year we go through the inspections and then also we declare every product that we're using in advance. So that we have to have the, the permit to use it. Um, and uh, we started making um we did all the, the same um, wines that we have until mm -hmm. now. We did the, um, we wanted to have three Chardonnay, the possibility for people to taste uh, um, oak Chardonnay, the ones that they are oaky, oaky lovers. Um, mm -hmm. So we, we the reserve Chardonnay we have is 18 months on, on new barrels. Um, and then we make two different um, Chardonnay that comes from different plot selections. So this, um, the Reserva is the 18 months uh, in oak? Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's French oak. Um, and then the other two, as uh, you mentioned already, is the Chardonnay Pure and the Chardonnay Zero. Okay, so we're going to save the zero because that we're going to talk about that in a second. So this is this is the pure. And the pure um, come from, a, we do plot selection and we ferment it separately. So we can have the uh, specific taste from each plot. We have four blocks. 
uh, and those blocks are, we have two young Chardonnay, that's 2013, and then uh, two plus that are 1995 and 1998. Um, and um, we have found a different uh, profile and we wanted to ferment it differently. So um, we do that. All our wines do malolactic fermentation. Okay. Um, and then, uh, well, in the case of the Chardonnay Reserve, we're going to, after the fermentation, we're going to rack it into barrels. And the others, we, um, like the, the pure, what we do is like, we start uh, with the side by tasting uh, the blend and which, which are the lots are going to be part of the pure. And, and in the case of this year, we can talk later, as you said, and I can explain how and well, for the reds, um, we do, uh, well, we pick up first um, the Merlot, then the Cabernet, and then the Petit Verdot. Um, okay. We're going to ferment it, of course, separately. And um, and then we decide also the blend, who, uh, which are the, um, the parts, the lots are going to be part of the, um, of the Rosso, of the Cab Signature. And then we keep having the same technique uh, through um, the aging in barrels, we're going to do tasting of barrels and say, okay, these barrels we like more the profile of this one for the for the cab and other for the rosso. Okay, and then so when I tasted the pure, uh, it was a beautiful golden straw color. It, I got pear and apricot flea, uh, aromas, and then it was it was like a medium bodied. Um, and medium acidity and um, like the, the aromas were ex like it followed through the, I'm sorry, the aromas followed through into the flavors. So it was a nice, well-rounded wine, um, you know, and I, I love the pears and the apricots in, in there. Um, so what, what, let's talk about the Rosso. So this is, this is the Rosso. And I have this open to this way. I have this open to taste. And um, now you said it, it's got a petite verdot. Yeah. But you don't make a petite verdot. No, we're thinking because uh, we really like it um, by itself too. The petite verdot has um, uh, a very deep color. It's beautiful. It's a violet, very intense. Um, yeah. And when you're fermenting it, it's it's very um, it has very deep um, color and then also um, aromas. I really like it's like most uh, like going through the dark fruit, mm -hmm. dark cherry, um, and it's very nice when you're fermenting it and then see the transformation. Um, and also in the in the rosso, they push a lot. I mean, it it like um, yeah, pushing the the whole structure of the of the um, of the blend because the cab is it, the cab has a lot of personality. The Merlot is a little bit more shy, but with the three together, we try to do something like uh, elegant. The color, how much petite verdot do you, I know? Yeah, I didn't ask you for a text sheet there and there, but do you know off the top of your head how much petite verdot is in here? Let's say that usually we try to do fifty percent of uh, just to give you a, a more or less an idea, fifty percent of cab and twenty five and twenty five. Okay. The color is very petite verdot. Yeah. Like yeah. it's the nose, the nose has a little, the, that little, um, the dark fruit that, that a petite verdot has or, or the, the cap. So 
Yeah, usually also we have more cab than vertebral though. So in in the in the proportion, it will be always a little bit less of vertebral though than than cab. But as I was saying before, the the vertebral though is, is intense and very predominant sometimes. Um, when you have it in barrels, it can develop like a great chocolate, uh, mm -hmm. dark food, uh, cherry. Um, um, yeah, it's it's, it's uh, very 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 powerful. The cab is um, it's more elegant if you want. It's like intensity wise, it's medium intensity compared with a pure though. Um, but it's as high complexity the cab that we have here. And then we we have found out um, we have four blocks of um, cab. We have only one block one plot of pure though. And the four blocks, they present already differences. It's like uh, the block two and three are going to be more concentrated and um, the, the aromas are, the aroma the color are, are more concentrated than, than the cap four. The cap four is like, has bigger bunches. Uh, it's very fruity uh, when we're fermenting it. It's like uh, the aromas are very like, alive, but it's more fruity than, than, than the cap. Uh, two and three. Um, the cat two and three, what I have noticed so far when we do fermentation also goes after fermentation, it can go more to the spiciness uh, side uh, compared mm -hmm. with the cat four. And now a word from our sponsor. Did you know that Dracina Wines has a wine club? We named it the Chalk Club. Draco is on our label, but Vegas was getting a bit jealous, so we decided he deserved to be our wine club spokesdog. In Las Vegas, betting chalk means that you are betting on all of the favorites, and we're gambling that once you taste our wines, we will become one of your favorite wineries. The club is simple, yet a bit different than most. We don't ask for a lot of commitment like others do. Choose between three tiers. The Sweet 16, where you'll receive three bottles twice a year and get 25% off all orders. Sign up for the Elite 8 and get 30% off all orders and receive four bottles twice a year. Or make it to the Final Four and receive six bottles twice a year, as well as receiving 35% off all purchases. All tiers receive discounted shipping, are customizable, and are eligible for unlimited referral bonuses. Add $15 to your bank for each person you refer. Head to www.dracinawines.com or the link in the show notes to find out all the Chalk Club has to offer and to sign up. We stocked the odds so that you can get our award-winning wines without breaking the bank. So this, this to me has um, like, uh, some dark fruit. There's a little bit of chocolate. Um, there's, um, it's like um, those cookies that my husband loves that I never make them anymore. Um, like the spice, like a spice, all spice cookie. Um, yeah. You like, know, like, oh, you like cloves or. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Those, those are the aromas also from the cab that I was saying before that they have this profile of spices after, after fermentation, you can just start feeling this a change and uh, during the aging also in, in the, in the barrels, I have noticed that yeah. you like it. I do. I very much like it. And what's interesting is it's um, it's by the nose. I, I kind of was expecting a very full bodied wine, like very full bodied and it's a lively wine. It's, it's, it's a, a medium bodied wine and the the varietals that are in it are playing nicely together which doesn't always happen um but they've married well so like you to me 
I think you get the cab up front and then the, it's kind of a little softer in the center, in the middle part of it. And then that petite Verdot comes in and finishes off to give you that structure that, that just carries it through to a nice long, to a nice long finish. Yeah, the Merlot there, it's like, it's very shy, but usually when we're fermenting the Merlot and after fermentation during aging, it just, during fermentation, you have like more strawberry profile and also um, like um, plum. Um, and then it just get, I think that it gets a little bit lost in the, between the the, the cabin and the Petit Verdot because those two has a lot of more personality. The, the Petit Verdot definitely kick the, the both of them. The it's cabin. a bully. It's yeah. A bully. Yeah. So like, and I don't mean that it's, it's, it's not thin in the middle. I don't mean that it's just like you get, you get these aromas up front and then on the, the front of the palate, you're getting cab and then it softens and then you get the petite Verdot to, to finish it through. So it, you know, it's, it's like a roller, co- a fun roller coaster of, of a wine because it's got so much coming into it, you know, so much, of the flavors coming in from each of from from the cab and the petit verdot and then the i think the aromatics also has some of that merlot in it also so it's it's a beautiful wine thank you right so let's let's talk about what i was so excited for and so i have the bottle for the merlot and it's got a locomotive on it. <laughs> so we're going to have to explain what the locomotive is. But then when you flip over the, the bottle and you look at the back, there is the Puro Vino, um, the Puro Vino yeah. label. So first, tell me, tell what is Puro Vino? Um, so Puro Vino is a technique that they develop in, in Italy, in a university. Uh, I think that the professor Fabio Mancarelli was the one uh, leading the, the, the technique, the, the study on it. And the idea was to um, use ozone in order to sanitize the grapes. And uh, you can, I know that here people are using it already and, um, and either you use it to sanitize your grape and then you continue the normal processing or uh, you use it and, and then you in order to avoid or reduce the, the amount of SO2 that you're using in your wines. So when Ettore um, talked to me about this technique, uh, he told me we would like to try it um, because we can do the, the wines label organic and not use sulfur. And so we have this option for the customer. So the customer, if they don't want to have sulfate in the wine, they can they can choose you know that we have a Chardonnay zero and a Merlot zero. Then um, the other wines has sulfur. Uh, of course, uh, since we're um, with organic grapes, we have um, we are not allowed to go up more than one hundred ppm in the wines. Um, so the the Provino method we use it in these two grape varieties in the Chardonnay and the Merlot. Um, Merlot, because uh, Ettore in Switzerland, uh, he is in Ticino, that is one of the regions that is known by the Merlot. Um, they make um, a lot of Merlot. Um, and so that's why we started with these two, uh, to bring the customer the possibility of having some, some wines without sulfate. Um, in, the, in the organic label, you can have sulfur, but up to 10 ppm that uh, happen uh, naturally. Use production. 
So um, the technique is it's uh, simple by itself. It's like we pick the grapes, they come, well, our vineyard is uh, close to the winery. So that's very convenient uh, for, for the Chardonnay for the oxidation or temperatures, no problem because mm -hmm. we don't have to transport uh, the grapes. It's like they're just nearby. Uh, they come in a trailer with uh, bins and uh, bins for the ozone treatment, they are perforated because the idea is to put those beans inside a container. It's a, a truck. Uh, we pay for the service. So um, as soon as the grapes come inside the container, they're going to have an atmosphere of uh, ozone and then temperature control. Uh, they have to spend at least 12 hours there. Usually what we do is we pick them. We're going to have the grapes oxygenated for the whole night. And then the next day we open the container, we let it breathe, and then we start the processing. Of course, cleaning, um, it's essential because uh, you don't want any contamination. So, or Chardonnay Zero is, uh, it's coming from one plot and it's, um, we, we were going to pick the, those grapes. They are coming, we do the, um, the processing in the, in the container. And then after that, um, we're going to do a normal crush and that goes directly to one tank and there's no blending there. It's only one single lot. Is that is different from the Chardonnay Pure? That is, it's a blend of different lots. Okay. Um, and then uh, after that, we wouldn't do anything special except of being very careful not using the same pumps for uh, working if we do pump overs or. Uh, so that's for the Chardonnay. For the Merlot, it's exactly the same. We pick up in those beans. They are half tons beans that they go to the the container. They will spend uh, the whole night, and then next day we we do the crushing that we have um, like a normal uh, crushing pad, or we do sorting table in order to um, um, take off all the leaves. We don't want any any vegetable taste, so we make sure that oh, and we were a small facility, so we were willing to do it. Um, so that's uh, the way to go. In the I didn't mention in the Chardonnay Zero, we do a normal pressing, and after the pressing, it goes to the um, to the tanks, and we're going to do the flotation technique, um, and then the fermentation, yeast so, inoculation. Oh, so you do inoculate? Okay. So I I'm a little confused. How? So you have the bins. The, the half-ton bins, they go into like a, not just a normal half-ton bin. It's a special half-ton bin so that the the ozone yeah. can get on it. How yeah. how does that kill? What is it doing that that kills the the yeast or the micro or other microorganisms that are there? How does that work? So the ozone is a gas. So having the holes in the bins just allowed to have a, a better um, ventilation. Well, yeah, ventilation. And the ozone, it has per se, um, like a, if, if you ozonate, that's a, one of the techniques that we use also that is used for cleaning because you're sanitizing, you're cleaning, is by gassing that you you kill microorganisms. Okay, and then it's just sitting there, it's it's sitting there overnight and that's just what they've developed as the time frame to make sure everything's kicked to yeah, the bucket? They say that at least 12 hours. So we, what we do is we pick in the morning, they go inside and then they will spend more than 12 hours. Uh, so it's, it's good, uh, good enough. And then usually, I mean, in a normal year, the grapes are coming very cold to them. 
to the container. So the container, it is already cold. So um, we also check temperature and, and the gas. And that is, um, we have a company doing that. It's, it's called Provino. And um, usually it's the way we, we go. We, they, they come, they install the, everything in the truck. And so we put it inside and then we. Okay. And then the, um, so you're keeping it, uh, not that you're cold soaking, but you're keeping it at a colder temperature to yeah. prevent any fermentation from going on until they're all. Yes. Gone. Yes. And then we, there was, there was a concern at the beginning, you know, thinking, oh, we're going to have, since you have half a tone there that you can ha start having like uh, problems with uh, grapes leaking or, you know, juice, never. Okay. <laughs> yes, we made it never. Um, of course, probably if uh, like this year we had a really challenging year because, you know, there was a heat wave here. So we have um, high temperature, 113, I mean, 110. Um, it was 40, yeah, 45, 47 Celsius uh, for three days. So yeah. the sugar degrees were very fast up and um and we have to you know we're picking the grapes and we have to kind of hurry up because we were not doing usually having cool temperatures in the morning and th the past year we were picking without any problems uh, last this year with the situation that we have we were thinking well maybe probably we're going to start picking during the night if we have another scenario like this one but we will not uh, we didn't have the, the equipment to do it um and I was thinking that probably this, this year we didn't make uh, the, the zero. So uh, with the um, with an ozone treatment, it could have been a little bit more challenging because the grapes were coming already warm, you know. So we're processing right away and trying to get everything right away and cool it down. Um, that was more challenging. But other years, uh, we pick early in the morning and they come cold. So. Right. And yeah. is this, is the Pure Vino something that, so like right now you have it on the two, are, are you looking to expand it to your whole lineup? Um, not so far, because also we see that some, some people, they are interested in not having sulfur in the wine and some others, they, they don't want it. It's like, it's good enough to have uh, organic grapes. And uh, that's uh, the main concern. Um, so some people, they like the idea of not sulfur, so I have customers that come and say, oh, yeah, I like your wine because uh, we don't have any headache. Or, um, so it's difficult to say because sulfur is like, um, there's a lot of controversy about. Uh, yes. Well, that's why I laugh when you said that I don't get a headache. Uh, yeah. You know, they say so, they don't get a headache. because <laughs> Exactly. You have people that they, they associate that right away with sulfur. Some others that they, they say that um, just drinking organic or made with organic grapes is good enough. Um, and there's a lot of discussion about the sulfur use. There's other there are other products that have more sulfur than the wine itself, and no problem. So, I mean, I was attending uh, some uh, seminars about that, and just um, of course, if you drink a bottle of wine, um, it's not the sulfur; it's the, it's the alcohol. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have. I have. Um, in somebody I won't I can't even say relationship or whatever but I, there's somebody who is very much adamant that they are allergic to sulfur and that they can't drink red wine because of the sulfur and I keep trying to explain to this person that well that you drink the white wine and there's actually sulfur <clears throat> in there and you know usually the levels are actually higher and then you have and you live on ketchup like 
puts ketchup on everything. And that has like, I don't know how much more time sulfur in it than, than a bottle of wine. I'm like, maybe you just need to a increase the quality of the wine you're drinking and B maybe not drink the whole bottle. I think that the point of the whole bottle is like is essential but yeah there's a lot to say about it and then we have to think that not everybody has the same you know um, metabolism and um, right uh, what I don't like is like the general statement for everybody and you know so I think it's like we're saying it's like sulfur we they have been using sulfur for years and some product they have much more Um, I think that we have to be aware of that and you know uh, uh, otherwise, um, as what you were saying, it's the alcohol there. Right. <laughs> like- right. And now, so once you once you spray at the beginning, is that that's it? You don't have to you don't have to use the ozone again throughout the rest of the process, or do you have to do it at another time in the? In the no, process? no, no. Only that time. The technique was um, at least what we have been doing is, is just only that time. Um, and also, well, I have to say that um, for for the winemaking point of view, it's like you're challenging because you have to be even more. I mean, you you are concerned about about the um, the, the product if protected or not because usually you have suffering. You know that it will prevent oxidation. It will just prevent um, right micro micro uh, microorganism uh, growing. So, um, so when you, you work with this technique at the beginning, we're like uh, a little bit scared and, and just work very well. But of course, as I was saying before, cleaning is like, you have to be as clean as possible. Like most of the wineries, they, they wanna, they wanna do that. But, um, we try to keep it, as I said before, it's only one single lot separated from the rest that having like a very special attention on those. Right. And then how are you do, how do you do, like pump overs or punch downs or something like that. Yeah, we do uh, pump overs um, in the case of the Chardonnay. Uh, we can do pump over close and uh, we sanitize the. Uh, well, anyway, we sanitize the, the pumps um, every time that we use it. But then let's say that we have four, four uh, tanks of white and uh, we can use the same pump in the four, four tanks. In the case of the Chardonnay Zero, we start with that one, or we we make sure that we're we're going to do the pump over for that one. It's it's previously sanitized, you know. So, but just you know, in general, we don't have any situation in, and we haven't had any problem at the winery with um, volatile acid or stuff like that. But then with this one, it's like with the zero, it's like uh, all or the attention goes to that one, you know, to make sure that right. because you know you're not. I mean, in our case. And I have seen other winners, they use a Provino method and then they add sulfur. So it's like a pre-cleaning technique. Oh, like, okay. So in our case, we wanted to not to use sulfur at all. Okay. Yeah, because, yeah. like, you know, when, when somebody, when a winery that uses sulfur adds sulfur, you know, they're typically adding sulfur a couple of times throughout yeah. that winemaking process. So I would have thought that you, you know, you ozoned it a couple of times through throughout but no no no, no. in this case we, when we're using sulfur for the other ones we do it like you were saying in a couple of times like at the beginning when the grapes came in um we do that and then after um 
fermentation and malactic fermentation where we're going to correct sulfur. Right. But in the case of the ozone, is we do it only one time and then we have to be very careful. Also, because if uh, we have wines, let's say that we're doing a pump over and we don't clean the machine, the pump, uh, and we do it first with a wine that has already a little bit of sulfur from the beginning, uh, that is not an, allowed, but you can, you can have a contamination. So cross some contamination. Uh, and then, so th- I read that you like also like the, that the ozonated water can be filtered and then recycled and used again. So another, another positive of this Puro Vino process is like, you can be saving water at, at the winery also. Um, well, the, in fact, we use the gas for the destination, like, uh, only that, then we have an equipment machine that we can use ozone to clean, but then um in our case i don't think we're saving water because we we don't we don't use any ozonated water for that it's like we uh, we use the ozonated water to clean the equipment before starting harvest or for a specific situation oh okay i it it fascinates me it just totally like you know how how does somebody come up with this concept and then you know and uh, yeah, it's a leap of faith that, like you said, like this is these zeros, you know, the zero labels are a little more nerve wracking for you throughout the whole winemaking process because it's, it's, you've got to make sure like each touch has to be so. Figured. Oh, yeah, of course. And imagine also that uh, we're like a little bit nervous all the time with, with the process in itself, you know, it's like you right. don't want to have contamination anything because you know when you are allowed to use sulfur in some way you're protected either if even if it made with organic grapes we are using less than in conventional um and that makes us a little bit more nervous because you you want to have your wine perfect for the customer but um still you know making using the provino technique is um for me it's, it's been like a great because I was like, like you were mentioning, I was like excited or also interested about, about it, but also it's like, um, it's uh, challenging. Right. And I don't know if uh, that then the customer can appreciate that um, uh, as a product that is finished and then it's saying, okay, this, they put uh, a lot of, I don't know, effort, we put effort in everything that we do, but there's more risk if you want. In the right, industry. right. And now are you, you, you said you have a company that comes in to, to do the, to do the gassing for you. Is there, is there like a thought process that in the future y- you're able to do that yourself at a Tory winery? Um, we're not, uh, so far, uh, we're not interested to do it by ourselves. We really like the service, but okay. um, as, it's a container and then you, you, you can, you have um, a system to to add the gas and then control the atmosphere by itself. Uh, I think it could be possible, but then they, I know there are there are other companies um, that are given the same service. Um, in fact, I, I went to a seminar at the beginning of the year that's called Future Drinks, where you can see all the the new technologies that they have. And there was another company that was making given the same mm-hmm. the same service. So it's possible, you know, to just call them and they come and they you have like you have uh, some kind of bottling truck or a, a filter right. so, coming in is exactly the same. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking of is like in in this harvest, 
like for for us, like it was fast and furious, right? Because of the heat that came on and everything, right? It it, it was kind of a lot of stuff coming in at the same time. And one of the one of the things that's difficult when this happens is, you know, some wineries may not have enough space, right? Because we're used to having, we're going to bring in this, we're going to bring in this fruit, we're going to process this fruit as this pro as this fruit is done processing. Oh, we're going to harvest the next round, right? Yeah. But when things happen like that, and then bottling trucks, sometimes it's not easy to always schedule that bottling truck. So that's what I was wondering is, is it, you know, is that another issue of, you know, you're harvesting. Now I've got to make sure that this truck is here to. Yeah. To, that's another thing to, it's definitely another thing to schedule and to prepare and, you know, to do, I mean, logistic wise in our case, because we're small and uh, we, we, we have done it already. Um, it's not a, a big logistic preparation about it, but not just to, you know, to schedule it and know, probably uh, more people are using the same technique that will start like being very competitive and then it will be challenging. But uh, so far, so good. Um, and, and yeah, it's like another service more. It's like, oh, you were mentioning the, the bottling truck. Um, yeah, in the past, I mean, we have been bottling uh, with a bottling truck and we have to schedule and we have to, you know, be sure about the quantities and, uh, now we have our own bottling machine. Oh, um, nice! Yeah, so we're going to we we did already one bottling, and and it's it's been nice. But also, well, you you don't you don't have to schedule that like in advance like you do with the, the with the bottling truck and and be with the pressure of maybe somebody else needed and then you have to right. get it first or you know yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. So on your labels that are the that are using the Puro Vino method, you also have a locomotive. So what is, what is the story behind the locomotive? Cause the other labels do not have that. So um, the, the place where we are located in Hopland, um, um, there is the vineyard, but also there's an olive meal and um, there's a farm uh, close by. So uh, in this, in the same area, we have a big locomotive and there was an artist that worked on that locomotive, but painted and when we started with the project, we really like it and we add it. Um, and then of course, every year we just uh, improve things. So we were improving our labels. Uh, at the beginning, they were a little bit shy and then we decided to put more gold in it, you know, change the colors. The Rosso, in fact, it has a, a completely different label. And now yes. we change it for the one that you have there. And so the locomotive of the beginning was in all the only labels. And then we decided to have the logo Ettore that was bigger, so, and then the 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 ones that remain with the locomotive logo were the zeros. Oh, okay, very cool. It's I. It's like it's just there. It's in the. It's in your. You know. It's it's not like in your face, but you recognize that it's there. So it's it's something to catch your eye to know that it's a different label. It's something something is different about it. Yeah, yeah, it's like well, at the, well, there was a 2018. All the 18 wines had the had the, the locomotive. Then we decided to change. You have the Rosso, the Rosso that you have there is 2018. Um, that one we we changed the label during the process, so um, it doesn't have the the locomotive. But it was it was like a, we like it at the beginning, um, and it was like uh, Ettore arriving in the. <laughs> <locomotive>. <laughs> 
Awesome. And then you also have the last, um, the signature cab. cab. Yeah. The signature cab. Yeah. And then, so, and then the back label. So the ones that are zero have the Puro Vino also on it, but you are advertising the organic certification also. Yeah. That's CCOF. Yeah. Yeah, We work as a private certification. We work. uh, Do you know approximately how many wineries have that certification in Mendocino um, County? No, because other wineries can use the other certifications. So I don't know how many uh, through CCOF. Um, I, I couldn't tell a number. Probably mm-hmm. there's more uh, now than when I, we started in 2018 because I know they are, they are growing. Um, um, but you can have the other certification by the um, USDA uh, okay. certification. Okay. We, we have this one and uh, uh, we have been working since 2018 and before uh, they were working with the other brand that they, they have here, they were working with a CCOF. So they, they know the certification and they know us too. Right. Awesome. Well, I think it's, I, I think it's such a cool concept. I mean, I'm, I'm all for, you know, organic and, you know, care, you know, caring about, I, I think you, the adage of you can't make great wine from, you know, bad fruit, is is very very true um but you have to care about the you have to care about the fruit and that does this and the whole i I mean i'm such a science geek that this whole puro vino thing is is so cool to me um do you do you have any like videos or something like can somebody go to your website or a youtube channel or something where it's where you're demonstrating it no, we don't. We didn't. Yeah, no, we didn't. I, I, I think it's not on the website. Probably, if I go to my records, I have uh, videos because I, I was so excited. Like you were saying, that like uh, to to try the the new technique. So yeah, I probably I have some, but not not on the website. Uh, I think you need to put that up there. Yeah, because I, I think will, yeah, definitely we should. Yeah, you know, have have a link to it or to the YouTube or whatever, because I think it would be pretty cool. Because it, it's. I don't want to say unique, but it is kind of unique. I don't, I don't know anybody else who is wineries that I've spoken to that have yeah, um, that do it. In Mendocino, I don't know, but in Napa, I know, and I visited a few that they were using the technique. Um, I don't know in Mendocino now uh, if they're using it, uh, but yeah, for me, it was also, I was coming, well, it was my first year here too, when I came and I started um and I didn't know it from, from Europe because it was born there. So right. I didn't know it either. Like other techniques that they're using there that they're like, wow. Yeah. I, I, th- I think it's awesome. And thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing the wines and, and the process and everything. And how can, do, do you guys accept people uh, tastings? Do you do tastings with you? How can people find... Oh, so, so far we, we are working on a, we don't have a tasting room yet, but um, we do winemaker dinners and uh, it's possible also if you, you schedule with us, we can prepare something, but we don't have a, a, a tasting room by itself so far. It's going to come sometime, but also it's like everything was um, complicated with the COVID thing <laughs> happening. Um, yeah. So everything was a little bit stopped, and then we were pretty new. Uh, we, we've been here for four years, and we're happy. We're just um, developing everything. Uh, we are also happy for the score that we are having, uh, and that make us uh, 
being like even more motivated uh, talking to people and having good feedback so i really appreciate it and i, I thank you also mm -hmm. for this opportunity and absolutely uh, and how can they order can they go to your website how are you basically selling at this point just um, through the website order, yeah you can order on the website um uh, you can call me and i i prepare your order <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but basically on the website yeah and okay. uh, we're selling in some restaurants in, in LA and um, in the Bay Area, we have a distributor. So yeah, we're selling in that way. Um, or you can go directly to the website and we prepare an order. There's um, there's a wine club that has uh, options also, different collections. So you can, mm -hmm. even if you don't want, you don't like the, the proposals of the of the the wine, the, the wine club, you can customize your order and we can prepare it for you. So, you know. Are the restaurants that you're selling to, are they interested in the Puro Vino ones? Yeah, they were yeah. interested. Yeah. Um, well, we were presenting the wines and they like also, the, they like a lot the concept of uh, made with organic grapes. I mean, having organic beer uh, right. and um, and having also an Italian touch um, in the, in the winemaking uh, we have been doing a lot of wine tasting and people like, and that's that for us, the, the most important, you know, people like, and they want to uh, share it with family or friends. Uh, that's uh, the coolest part. But yeah, them, they, they also, there's some people when we do events that they're curious about the technique and we talk, some others, they don't uh, particular, they don't. Yeah, have well, everybody's not science dorks. Like, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's like um, yeah, I, I totally get into, you know, when we have, um, uh, events that you sometimes find people that then want to know more about the story of the project mm -hmm. and some others they want to know more techniques or or like winemakers is like I'm very happy when people come and ask for details you know uh, the acidity the uh, what do you do is like did you uh, do you use any particular technique what is a flotation you know so all these questions come mm -hmm. up uh, with people and of course it's nice because you have a lot of variety uh, right. in the questions. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and explaining the system and allowing me the amazing opportunity to try all of these wines. Um, <clears throat> I love, I loved the pure and the, the Rosso is lovely and, uh, it's, it's going to be gone by the end of the night. So, <laughs> but I will be sharing with my husband. Um, yeah, let, let me know about um, what you think about the others. Um, yes, I absolutely will. I absolutely will. So thank you so much. And I'll raise my glass as I do always. And I will say, Slancha, you can raise the bottle. There you go. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Nice to meet you. And if nice you want to come uh, and, and see the property, you just call me and, and we can. Oh, awesome. Thank you. I do have to get a trip. I do have to make a trip up there and see some of these other wineries. So I'll be taking, I'll be taking advantage of that offer. So thank yeah. you. Okay. Great. Awesome. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Even in the Bible, water this has been another episode of Exploring the Wine Glass. Thanks for listening. If you have suggestions on what topics you would like me to discuss, please reach out on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Exploring the Wine Glass. I am also on LinkedIn as Lori Hoipo. Of course, you can always email me at exploringthewineglass at gmail.com and sign up for my newsletter at exploringthewineglass.com. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to help others find me more easily. 
And most importantly, tell your wine-loving friends, because if you like the podcast, they will too. Podcast music is Wine by Kevins. Until next week, slancha. I want to let you go right now. Right now.